Thank you for joining us again today. We appreciate it so very much. It's an honor and a joy to bring our lessons to you each and every week. And we appreciate those of you that communicate with us, letting us know how much the broadcast is blessing you, how much you're learning from it. I have a number of testimonies here that I'd like to share with you. Uh, people that are watching the broadcast on a regular basis and learning from the material that we're sharing. It's so exciting to hear from you. And let me encourage those of you that have never written and you have testimonies, please let us hear from you. This is from Elizabeth in Indiana. She says, I have been sowing seed for my children's home to sell and praise God it has now sowed. Thank you for teaching me the principles of seed time and harvest. Here's one from Deborah from Virginia and said, I asked uh, for prayer for a job and God has blessed me with a new job. Here's Brenda from also from Virginia. Last week, I asked you to pray that I would get an offer on my house. The next day I received an offer and praise God, my house is sold. Amen. Here's one from Patricia. Man, are you folks in Virginia? Thank you. This one's from Virginia as well. Everybody in Virginia is watching my broadcast. Hallelujah. It says, after five years of searching for a job, I started listening to your teaching about the manifestations of God's glory, never thinking that it would or could happen in my life. I started to believe it. And I've been through a lack of money, job, financial troubles, to receiving a job offer as it was out of the blue with an inspiring, uh, profitable international firm at a salary that I've never before achieved. They have offered me more than I've ever experienced and more than they advertised for this position. That's favor. I started Monday on October the 6th. Thank you for your sure and steady walk and for listening and sharing what God's will is for us in this hour. Praise God and glory be to God. Here's one from Chris from Pennsylvania. I've been sending requests out for my family for healing in our lives and for jobs that were needed. And praise the Lord, my family have been getting good jobs and they're being healed. Thank you for your prayers. Praise God. Isn't that good? Amen. Prayer works. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about prayer once again, and we're dealing with, in particular, the prayer of petition. But let me read once again from Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. So if you're going to pray, then stick with it. Amen. Don't give up. If you're going to pray, then dare to believe that it will come to pass. You know, I, I, I never pray because I think it's the religious thing to do. I never pray out of religious obligation. I pray for results. Anybody else yes. pray for results? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, like I've said many times before, you know, somebody said, why do you pray over your meal? Because I got to eat that stuff, <laughs> particularly in restaurants. And I don't know those people that prepared it. You know, I'm praying for results here. I'm not trying to look religious. You know, I don't know where these people's hands have been. I don't know if they're clean or not. I don't know where this food came from. And if you go overseas in some of the third world countries, you will pray over your food for results. Amen. Isn't that right, Don? You've been over some of those African nations with me and we've been out in the bush. In fact, sometimes the food out in the bush is a whole lot healthier than some of the hotels we stay in, you know, but uh, I pray for results. You know, when somebody says, Brother Jerry, would you pray? I don't pray for people because I'm a preacher. I don't pray for people because it's a religious thing to do. And I certainly don't pray 
for the praise of people. I pray for results. Amen. I pray for results. I, I remember one time uh, uh, a young couple, uh, uh, Charles Capps and I were preaching up in Seattle, Washington. And uh, this was back in the early 70s. And uh, uh, we were teaching on prayer and faith and so forth. And this couple came up to me and said, uh, Brother Jerry, would you pray for us? I said, well, what would you like for me to pray? We want you to set yourselves in agreement with us. I said, what am I agreeing on? You know, I don't just jump up and pray. I want to know what we're praying about. I want to know what I'm adding my agreement to. And they said, would you agree that we will be married? I said, well, what do you need my agreement on that for? I mean, why don't you just get married? If you want to get married, why do you need my agreement? Well, because she's already married, but she doesn't love her husband. She wants to marry me. I said, I'm not adding my agreement to that. I'm not adding my agreement to that. You know, so you need to know what you're praying for. You just don't jump up and pray. I'm not adding my agreement to that. And then, you know, this man went on to say, well, you know, we learned that, you know, from, from the faith teachers that faith without corresponding actions is void of power. So she's already moved in with me. We're acting on our faith. I said, no, you're not acting on your faith. You're indulging in your flesh. That's what you're doing. Amen. So I want to know what I'm praying about. Not only that, somebody asked me to get in agreement. I want to know what we're agreeing on. Because if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, I'm not adding my agreement to it. Yes, sir. See, I'm, I'm, prayer is not some kind of game we play yes, as far as I'm concerned. We're communicating with the Creator of the universe and we're basing our prayer on what He has to say about it, making what He has to say about it final authority. And when we do it that way, then our prayer life becomes something very positive. Yes. Amen. Amen. So men ought always to pray and not to faint. So prayer should be a vital part of your walk with God. Amen. And let me say this, make God's word his part of your prayer life. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, as I've stated in previous sessions, the prayer petition requires diligent preparation. This is not a prayer that you pray off the top of your head. This is a prayer. And the reason I, I love teaching on the prayer petition, you've heard me say it before, it seems to be the kind of prayer that gets the quickest results in the most impossible looking situations. That's the reason I love teaching on the prayer petition because most people are facing impossible looking situations. And obviously they want results as quickly as they can possibly get them. Now I'm not saying this is a shortcut to victory, but what I am saying in my own experience it seems to be the kind of prayer that produces the quickest results in the most impossible looking situations. So in the prayer petition, it requires diligent preparation. It's all about actively searching the scriptures to find out what God says about your specific needs. One of the definitions that I have given you for the word petition is a formal request or a formal application in writing. Once again, you don't have to write it, but I have found in my own experience, it seems to carry more uh, weight when I write it. It does something for my faith, and I'm sure that it would do the same for yours. So this takes time to prepare. Many times when um, my wife and I have been faced with impossible looking situations, I would say to her, Carolyn, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to construct a prayer petition. I don't want us to pray right now. 
Give me some time to go do some research. You do some research as well. I might find some scriptures that say, you know, specifically, uh, or deal specifically with our need. She may find some that I didn't find. I said, so you do some research. I'll do some research. And then later we'll come together and see what we discovered. And then we'll read all those scriptures and then I'll construct a prayer of petition. And uh, I'll write a copy out or I'll type it out and I'll make a copy for her. In the early days, I wrote them out and then I still had my little portable typewriter from high school and I'd type them out and I'd make a copy for myself and a copy for my wife. And then once we got it the way we wanted to present it before God, then we would come together, we'd read it together, and we'd pray it together. We'd sign our names, believing that the moment we said amen, that's when we received. And then we'd begin our walk of faith. Amen. So we discovered that doing it that way, we always got results. I can't remember one prayer of petition that I've ever prepared, constructed, and prayed that we didn't get results in. God's faithful. Why? Because he says, once again, this, that this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, where are we going to find his will? Right here in this book. This is his will. And if we ask anything according to his will, we know he hears us. If we know he hears us, that we know we have the petitions we desired of him. That's 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Keep that verse. In fact, I would, if I were you, I would include that verse in my prayer petition. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you based on 1 John 5, 14 and 15. Write it out. Read it out. And then write your petition, what it is that you're petitioning God for. Does that make sense to you? Let me encourage you that are watching. Don't just listen to this. Don't be just a hearer. Be a doer. Take the time to write that prayer out. Do some research. Now, if you don't know how to find scripture, get you a Strong's Concordance and, and look up you know, if it's prosperity, just look up the word prosperity in your strongest concordance and it'll tell you most of the scriptures in the Bible that deal with that. That's going to help you out. And then you put them all together, write them out. And I'm telling you, when you write them out, you're going to discover that once you pray that prayer, your faith is going to be at a higher level than you've ever experienced before. Particularly if the only way you've ever prayed before is, oh God, I need help. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. You know, if that's the only way you've ever prayed before, there's not a whole lot of faith in that. You're just kind of shooting a scatter shot. That's like taking a shotgun and shooting it and hoping something hits, you know. Well, you don't have to shoot a scatter shot anymore. You can be accurate in your prayer life when you know the will of God up front. Praise God. Now, I want you to watch my announcer because he has some information about some resources that we want to get into your hands to help you develop this accurate prayer life. Watch this, and I'll be right back. Are you ready for revelation on petitioning God for prosperity? In Prayer of Petition, Jerry Savelle guides you to discover the prayer that gets results. With poverty and bondage running rampant through the world, we need to pray. Learn the biblical definitions of prayer and supplication and discover how to pray effectively and powerfully. If you're tired of living below your privileges as a child of God, then get ready to receive some marvelous revelation. In the three CD teaching, How to Go from Abased to Abounding, Jerry Savelle teaches from God's Word and brings revelation that will bring you out of being abased to abounding. 
Live a life that's plentiful and overflows. Don't wait. Learn to petition God for prosperity. Call now or visit jerrysavelle.org to request this powerful combo, prayer of petition, and how to go from abased to abounding. Learn the biblical way to petition the Lord and see increase in your life today. Now, before we went to the break, I was encouraging you to do the research. Amen. Do the research. Take the time to find out what the Bible says about your specific need. Take the time to prepare this prayer. Don't just pray it off the top of your head. Construct this prayer. And once again, I encourage you to write it out. You don't have to, but I'm talking from experience here. If you want results, then do what I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay? So, Write it out. Construct it. Now, this is why I have so many translations of the Bible. And the great thing is now, I mean, nowadays, you know, I mean, you you can get all these translations downloaded on your iPhone. You know, in my office, in my library, in my office, I have all the translations that have ever been printed, I suppose, because I look for them all the time. Every time there's some new translation, I get it and put it in my library. But Back in the old days, <laughs> before iPhones and for, before apps and all that, you know, I would buy every translation I could find, every reference Bible I could find, concordances, you know, and I'd lay them all out on my table and I'd, I'd, I'd find a verse. Let's say I'm praying for prosperity and I'd look in the King James because that's my primary Bible. That's the translation I use predominantly. And I'd find out what the King James says. Then I'd go look for the Amplified. And then I'd go look for the New Living Translation. Then I'd look for the New International. And then I'd look for this, that, and the other. And in the old days, I managed to acquire 26 translations of the Bible. Okay? And I'd go through every one of them and see what it says. Because sometimes the wording is is a little more faith-inspiring, you know, than perhaps just the King James. And so I want to know what each one of these translations say. And, and then I would choose the ones that seem to speak to me the greatest. And I'd use them as part of my petition. Okay. Amplified. That's what it does. It amplifies what the King James has to say. You know, for instance, uh, the King James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's great. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. But listen to the Amplified. The effectual, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man, one who has right standing with God, makes available tremendous power dynamic, and it's working. Hallelujah. Man, that that built my faith just quoting it again. That's what the Amplified does. It amplifies it. It's faith building. So you go to all those translations and, and find the ones that seems to speak to your heart, the ones that seem to inspire your faith and use them in your petition. Now, I want to be totally sure that what I put in my petition lines up perfectly with the will of God. Amen. I want to make sure that when I'm praying this prayer, I have this assurance that I'm praying according to his will. So that's the reason I'm, I'm researching his word. Let me make this statement to you. Petitions are always based on facts, never theories. Petitions, the prayer and petition is always based on facts and never on theories. The prayer petition is always based on truth and not assumptions. Jesus said, 
In John 17, 17, regarding his father's word, thy word is truth. So that's why I want God's word to be his part of my prayer life because the prayer petition is always based on truth and not assumptions. So once again, that's why we make God's word his part of our prayer life. That's why I look up all the promises that I can find pertaining to my specific need. Why is that so important? Is because the prayer of petition must be based on the known will of God. Yes. Amen. Amen. You cannot pray the prayer petition based on assumptions. It has to be based upon the known will of God. And once again, the only place to find that is from the Word of God. Yes. Now, as I used as an illustration uh, earlier, I believe in last week's broadcast regarding, uh, you know, whether God wanted you to move from one city or one state or even one nation from another. Well, Brother Jerry, where am I going to find that in here? Where does it say anywhere, thou shalt move to Texas, thou shalt leave California? It's not going to say that. Amen. It's not going to say that. But there might be an illustration in there that will speak to you. For instance, years ago, um, when we were building a medical facility in the nation of Kenya, and uh, the Lord had instructed me to build a, a facility in an area where there was nearly 2 million people who had no medical facilities. And uh, when Oral Roberts found out about it, he wanted to staff it with doctors and nurses who'd graduated from Oral Roberts University. And so he joined with me in this project. My job was to build it. And our, our phase one was an outpatient clinic that would treat between two and 400 patients a day. And so we went to the government, asked them for land to build this facility on. And uh, the government gave me land to build this facility. And, and we started the project. I sent uh, my cousin and his wife who worked for me, I sent them over to Kenya to oversee the project. Then there were several other Americans who went to work on the project along with them. Uh, Brother Robert sent a team uh, to do all the investigating on permits and laws and so forth for being able to open a medical facility. And so we had several Americans over there along with uh, nationals from Kenya that were working on this project. And when we first started, things were moving pretty well. You know, we were getting things done and, and uh, uh, you know, we were looking forward to the dedicating of this facility and so forth. And uh, then right in the middle of it, I mean, as they say, all of hell broke loose. And I mean, it seemed like every devil in the nation of Kenya ganged up on us. And, and it got to be an ordeal. And I mean, I'm thinking, God, the easiest thing would be to just, you know, I found a scripture that says if they won't receive you, you know, shake the dust from your feet. I thought that certainly is a good scripture for right here. I found a scripture, praise God. And I said, Lord, can I do that? He said, no. I said, well, you said if you're not received, he said, I said, no. He said, you want a scripture? I said, yes, sir. I'd like a scripture. I need a scripture. He said, your scripture is Jeremiah chapter one. And I went to Jeremiah chapter one and verse five and verse eight said this. Now there's no scripture that says stay in Kenya, but I did find this. 
Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. He said, that's your scripture. Thou shall not be moved. Amen. And so once I found that and I knew that was the will of God, then leaving Kenya was no longer an option. And we continued and we fought and we won, praise God. And then eventually I turned that whole work over to my cousin and his wife. And we went on to the next African nation where God told us to duplicate what we had done in Kenya. And we went on to the next nation, then the next nation, and the next nation, and so forth. But if I'd have left Kenya based on the pressure and the challenges, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing in the continent of Africa today. I'd have left uh, defeated by the devil. But I might add, after all these years, that work in Kenya is still going and is going stronger than ever before. Praise God. Amen. My, my cousin that I turned it over to and his wife, uh, my cousin went home to be with the Lord a short time ago, but his wife, Carla, is still pastoring that church, still overseeing all those works over there and taking it to another level. Praise God. Amen. All because I found what the Word of God had to say. Even though I couldn't find any, I, there's not one scripture in the Bible that even uses the name Kenya. But I found something that related to my situation. So you may not find in there, Lord, am I supposed to move from Texas to California? It's not going to mention California and it's not going to mention Texas. But you will find something in here that will speak to your heart an illustration, a verse that maybe how God dealt with somebody else in the Bible and it's very similar to your situation. So once again, always let the Word of God be His part of your prayer life. I remember um, one time when I was in Kenya and on a Sunday morning, which it's still Saturday night in the U.S., I was up early praying about the meetings I was about to preach. And while I was praying, I heard the Spirit of God say that my father had had a massive heart attack and in the natural was not expected to live. Well, there was no way I could get to a phone. I certainly couldn't just jump up and fly back home immediately. Back in those days, there was only like two days that you could get a flight out of Kenya. And, and I'm in the bush. I'm not in Nairobi. It's an eight hour drive to Nairobi. And so here I am in the bush and the spirit of God just spoke to me and said my, that I needed to pray that my dad had had a massive heart attack. And so uh, I finished my meetings. I prayed. I finished my meetings and I got back to Nairobi, flew home. While I was flying home, I wrote out a prayer petition for my dad's health. Okay. Went to all the scriptures on healing. Soon as I got home and I walked in the, the house, my wife said, your dad's in Florida. He was visiting his brother. He's in the hospital, had a massive heart attack, not expected to live. So, uh, my airplane at the time was in the shop, so I called Brother Copeland, asked if I could use his airplane to fly to Florida. He graciously allowed me to and went to Florida. When I walked in the hospital, the doctors met me and said, your dad's heart is operating at 20% and it's not likely he will leave this hospital. I walked in there with my prayer petition and my Bible. And I walked into my dad's room where he was hooked up to all kinds of machines and everything, was just barely conscious when I spoke his name, when I said, dad, 
he, he recognized my voice. He opened his eyes and looked at me. Tears started coming down his face. I said, Dad, you're not going to die. He said, it's not time for you to leave and you are not going to die. And I've written out this prayer petition. And I said, all I need is your agreement. Will you agree with me that you'll live and not die? He said, I don't want to die. I said, then you're not going to die. And I prayed that prayer, holding his hand and reading that petition. I prayed that prayer. And I'm very thankful to be able to tell you the next day I brought my daddy home and he lived another 15 years. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Amen. I went to the Word and found every scripture I could find on healing, the promise of long life and so forth, you know. And I based my prayer on the Word of God and brought my daddy home and he lived another 15 years. Amen. God is faithful. Why would you ever want to uh, pray any other way when you get results this way. Yes, Amen. So let me encourage you once again, research, find the scriptures, and then construct that prayer petition. And I'm telling you, it is so faith building. And once you ever see it come to pass, you're going to pray this way for the rest of your life. Watch this, and I'll be back in just a few moments. Are you ready for revelation on petitioning God for prosperity? In Prayer of Petition, Jerry Savelle guides you to discover the prayer that gets results. With poverty and bondage running rampant through the world, we need to pray. Learn the biblical definitions of prayer and supplication and discover how to pray effectively and powerfully. If you're tired of living below your privileges as a child of God, then get ready to receive some marvelous revelation. In the three CD teaching, How to Go from Abased to Abounding, Jerry Savelle teaches from God's Word and brings revelation that will bring you out of being abased to abounding. Live a life that's plentiful and overflows. Don't wait. Learn to petition God for prosperity. Call now or visit jerrysavelle.org to request this powerful combo, Prayer of Petition and How to Go from Abased to Abounding. Learn the biblical way to petition the Lord and see increase in your life today. Thank you once again for joining with me today. I trust that this has been a blessing to you and has uh, energized your faith. And I'm telling you, God wants to answer your prayers. Don't ever doubt that. Quit saying, you know, God doesn't listen to me. Yes, He does. Quit saying God never talks to me. Yes, He does. But you got to learn how to listen. And the first thing in listening is you got to change your confessions. Quit saying He never talks to you. You start confessing, I am one of His sheep and I hear His voice. Praise God. Let me remind you once again to order your special package today, the book, the prayer petition, and the three CDs, how to go from a base to abounding. In these CDs, we'll give you the scripture references on what God's word says about your prosperity, your financial well-being. Now, next week, we're going to start dealing with that subject in particular, but you can go ahead and order this material now, get it in your home so that you can begin to learn from these principles and learn how to apply them in your own life. I want to encourage you to write to us and let us know that you're enjoying the broadcast. Send us your prayer requests. Log on to our website. And uh, don't forget, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have uh, Instagram, all those ways of communicating with you. So be sure and check them out. 
Join with me again next week as we continue this study on the prayer petition. And don't ever forget this, 1 John chapter 4, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even your faith. Hallelujah. 